Welcome to Idle Inspiration, the show about discovering our next favorite role-playing game or building it. My name is Caleb. I'm David. And we are here, finally. <laughs> finally, my friend, to yeah. start this podcast. How, how long has it been since we like... Yeah, it's been a hot minute. I don't know. Because I know we've been talking about starting a podcast on role-playing games for years now. Oh, yeah. In one form or another. We, like, we've always talked about that as an idea. Yeah, it's been quite some time. But we actually, what, what was it, like March or something that we were like, hey, we should actually do this. Thing. Yeah, this sounds about right. <laughs> so it's been several months and we're here finally. And in, even, even after we like figured out, yes, we will do this and this is when we will do this. And we made up a bunch of topics. It's still like a yeah. month later, yeah, zero, a month and a half later. later. Yeah, that is one really an episode. But... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, when we need to like discuss how to right. start the podcast. Yeah, but hey, here it's been a while. It's been a while, but uh, we're here finally, and uh, I'm I'm excited because, as I said, I've wanted to wanted to do this for a while. Yeah, this will be and, fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, so what is Idle Inspiration? What is it about? Why are we here, David? Yeah, so I mean, like the intro said, it's uh, we're gonna talk about our sort of experiences um so you know things that we've done before things that we've played we're going to talk about sort of the philosophy behind games and sort of why they're worth playing what we think about them uh and mm -hmm. uh, those sorts of things we'll talk about uh games that we've played you know like we said finding our favorite game or building it uh we're also going to talk about games that we're working on um and uh that'll be sort of an overview this episode and then the episodes after that will focus on one of those four things usually uh, and that's sort of the plan so yeah i mean we're going to talk about role-playing games yeah uh, and so i mean yeah we're going to talk about it in a lot of different ways but well, like what are role-playing games david i guess just in a general sense just to like if someone has stumbled upon this podcast and was like okay idle inspiration that sounds like an interesting name for a podcast but then was like wait a second what is a role-playing game i don't understand this what what yeah. what are they well, so like, I mean, you'll usually get a blurb about what is a role-playing game in the front of most games, but, true, you know, true. functionally, it's a cooperative conversation with the other people at a table, usually nowadays, it's often on the internet, uh, mm -hmm. where you basically just work together to create a collaborative narrative using a system of rules to keep it fair. Um, and usually you've got a GM who runs the world and the rest of the characters or players play characters in that game and embody them um, and gm stands for game master yes. we, we will be using that acronym a lot in <laughs> yeah this podcast. as well as probably some other acronyms that i'll forget to explain so yeah good thing that's right. here for me <laughs> yeah I, I got you buddy i got you buddy so um why why us why are we talking about role-playing games david um so like we we've had a long and sordid history i don't know why i use this word sordid but you know it's, it's usually what uh -huh. i say when i say that term yeah but um with with role playing games and with each other with role playing games um how i mean how did you meet me how did we start playing role playing games give it give us a little bit of that beginning stuff and then we can start yeah. a conversation about our personal experience with role playing games and stuff but well yeah we we met through church through youth mm -hmm, group mm -hmm. uh, like yep. forever ago back when dinosaurs walked the earth and all that. yeah 2012 uh, yeah. I think. or no 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 2011 I believe it was yeah. either like 2010 or 2011. One of those years. It was long enough ago that I don't remember the year specifically. Yeah. <laughs> that actually uh, doesn't seem like a long time ago. Now that I'm like actually thinking about it. Yeah. Like, okay. It's been nine years. Like, right. 
That's that's actually Wait, not mean, that long. We're like 25, so that's still a pretty decent chunk of our life. <laughs> yeah, but like I think about, okay, nine years from now, nine years won't seem at all like anything at all. That's right? true. Like, I mean, in nine years, will seem like, like less and less as we get older and older. Exactly. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just interesting. Yeah, long story short, it's, it's been a good chunk of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, way back then we were playing D&D 3.5. Yep. And, Dungeons uh, and Dragons 3.5 yeah. edition, the in bane the, of my existence in many ways. Yeah, in the youth room at church. Yeah, I had nice, or in my nice basement. Spaces, or in your basement, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that was sort of the beginning of it. And then after like a whole bunch of years, we realized there were other games that we liked better than 3.5. <laughs> yeah, so if I recall correctly, um, we, were, we were like splitting off at, at a youth group function. We were splitting off into like small groups, smaller groups to like talk through whatever we were discussing that day or whatever. And I think we went to my bedroom for my, the group that I was like kind of heading up. And like you and Lance, among others, were in that group. And you we, you saw like my some miniatures that I had in there. And so we ended up talking about um the dragons and stuff based yeah. on that and then from there i invited you guys to the um That's to right, our yeah. on, ongoing campaign <laughs> which we will yeah. definitely have an episode on the oh, our yeah. like first like campaign sure. together um i i had played role-playing games before that right so i yeah. my dad introduced me and my brother connor who will also definitely be on this podcast at some point yeah to uh sure. to role-playing games uh when we were pretty young i was i think i was like eight um, and we, we, it was like a, a very like loose sort of thing. Right. So we had, my dad had bought us miniatures cause they were fun to play with. It's cool. Um, and like a lot on eBay or something like that. Of a bunch yeah. of them. But, uh, we, we, my, my dad was like, Hey, I got, I found these like free maps on Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> on wizards of the coast.com or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then like, let's, let's do a little story thing. And so this is the map that we're using. And then we had miniatures and we didn't actually use rules at all. It was just like, (laughs) we, we, we looked at our miniatures and we're like, okay, well I have a club. I have a skull attached to my belt. Um, like what can I, and, and just kind of like made up what we could do with those things based on what the miniatures looked like. And then, uh, uh, my dad and I, or, and, uh, all three of us, you know, ran through this little thing. We went into a, a crypt, fought a vampire, um, I was playing a troglodyte and Connor was playing a stone child. And oh, nice. uh, the main thing I remember from that session was that uh, the vampire tried to attack Connor, but since he was, his skin was made of stone, it didn't do anything. Well, that, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, so from there, right, like I, I ended up playing a lot of like loose sort of D20 ish things yeah, right yeah. where i just kind of right. made up what we were doing mm-hmm. with with a lot of our friends and then it was probably like 20 yeah 2009 um that we actually sat down and tried to do a Dungeons and dragons campaign like i actually mm-hmm. looked at the rules and was like okay this is actually how you play role-playing games and i believe it yeah. was it was connor trevor marston trevor sigmund ian o'rourke and seth birchfield and jared yeah, obviously yeah. and jared yeah, jared definitely um and we we played that for like a year and then we started savage tide and savage tide which is a actual like adventure path like official adventure path from Dungeons and dragons from from paizo um 
for 3.5 and we ran through through that game and that was kind of like the the actual beginning beginning of like long running campaigns a regular group yeah. of people to play with that sort of thing yeah um so yeah i mean david what was your first kind of experience playing did, did you play any role-playing games before savage tide no i mean i think the closest thing to role-playing games i played before you guys was like computer games like right you know the sort of role-playing you might do in a computer game yeah, yeah. or like yeah honestly i think that was the the closest i'd gotten yeah and just to make it i guess make it very clear to those who are are watching when we say role-playing game we're talking about tabletop role-playing games right we're talking about paper and dice and pencils and whatnot or you know you can do it online and stuff but it's like a virtual tabletop yeah um so it's like you know mix mix between a board game and an interactive storytelling game is like usually what i like to say but yes i mean how was how was uh starting playing those and dragons for you david what was it like I, go back go back to that time yeah so long ago. well i'll preface by saying that my long-term memory is about as bad as it can get without being actual long-term memory loss maybe it is long-term <laughs> memory loss. Who knows? instead of actually being um, alzheimer's it, or something it might just be undiagnosed who knows but uh all that to say i do know that i it was much more like a game about killing things and getting gold which to be fair that was 3.5 anyways but like very true because uh, I remember when we had our years Let's later. entirely fair. That is Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, it's true. It is what the game wants you to do. And <laughs> exactly. Mostly, it's, I know that because years later, when we did our finishing session, and I had actually learned how to role play, I realized I didn't know what my character sounded like, and that <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how he acted because I'd never properly role played him because I hadn't really made myself or needed to. <laughs> I always just said I'd do a thing and roll the dice. Um, and yeah, so it was definitely a much different thing before we found out that there were other games because it was basically just kill as many things as possible and not do a very good job because I picked a game to class. And uh, then... Oh, like, swashbuckler. Yeah. <sighs> and uh, try and get as much money as possible, which worked fine because Seth would just give me his money every time he did something silly. So... <laughs> Yeah, it was much different. Oh then. man, I, I I can't wait to have a conversation about this. Honestly, we need to get Seth on to talk about Savage Tide. We need we need to have him on yeah, for that episode. That would sure. be like I think we need to have for sure Connor, Jared, and Seth. I oh, think that yeah. would be great. Yeah, um, maybe those are the, those are the most likely. Yeah, I was gonna say those are the most likely people we'd actually be able to get. Yeah, <laughs> to do it with us. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to have Lance on to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. And then maybe Trevor, Trevor Sigmund, if we can wrangle him into it. But yeah. the more people we get in, get on it, it would the more complicated and and yeah, for uh, sure. it, we'll be talking over each other. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so right, we had that long running running D and D three point five campaign. And what's what's interesting is I so I recently re listened to um, my episode of the Christian Artist on role playing mm-hmm. games, yeah. uh, the most recent one we did, and. Uh, just to kind of refresh my brain on what I had been talking about in that episode on role playing games yeah, yeah. Uh, for for this podcast, um, and we ended up talking about Savage Tide quite a bit, and it was interesting to hear myself talk because I think oh I, that's what it was. We had people in chat um, on during the Christian artist talking, like asking okay. us questions about role playing games, and yeah. so one of the things that people mentioned was they mentioned adventure like um, modules and stuff, right? Like oh, pre right. pre made stuff. Yeah. So we ended up talking about Savage Tide in that instance a bit, yeah. and talking about you know 
the good and the bad of like pre-made Dungeons and Dragons modules. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I remember talking about in that was like the things that we remember from Savage Tide are the not the things that were pre-made. It's no. always the things that we changed about it, sure. right? Um, yeah. The way that NPCs acted that weren't in the script. You know, the 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 things that you guys just did on the spur of the moment decision rather than following the the railroad. Right. Um, yeah. And and that I think looking back on that game that's i think one of the most influential things that it taught me about role-playing games and why they're great and what what yeah. how to play them is you know thinking about what we remembered and what was good about that campaign it wasn't the stuff that we were like you know i don't want to say forced but you know like uh wasn't always written pushed yeah. yeah pushed to do it was all the other stuff it For was sure. what you guys were interested in and that that's what helped me as a gm to realize that the things that were were good about role-playing you know about playing these role-playing games with you guys was choosing what you guys were interested in and making the story about that yeah um that made, made it the most fun for everybody because I, I remember there was definitely times where i was frustrated with you guys not doing what you're supposed to do and i had to i had to learn very quickly that that's it's okay to just you know yeah and i feel like guys that's a pitfall for those sorts of things because they're suggested as kinds of things that new gms could use because yeah they give you a lot to work with but yeah. also they set up an expectation that that's what's going to happen and mm -hmm. i feel like that's actually kind of a harmful thing for maybe a gym who is not pr properly prepared to have absolutely nothing he expects happen um i feel like yeah that could be pretty frustrating yeah uh, so yeah they there's definitely downfalls to those and uh I, i'm sure we'll have a whole episode on that sure. that would be a, a good one yeah they could easily do that but uh yeah so i mean right from there uh, after we finished savage Tide, i mean we didn't finish sabotage before we moved on to other stuff um <laughs> but uh we we kind of the, the game was running down um be, you know just because the the cast has had, became more or less and less free uh to do stuff and yeah. um yeah some of the some of the people just weren't really playing role playing with us in general because they had moved on to other things um mm -hmm. and and so when we we i think the last three sessions of it were like a year apart yeah um literally i think one was like a couple of years i think it was like 20 time. well no i think 2016 2017 2018 were the last three oh, sessions really? of okay. that game yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah um hard to remember what happened last time as you might imagine yeah exactly um but that's my job i just listened back through and and yeah. that's actually I mean, so what's interesting about this and if you know me at all if you're listening I, I i doubt you're listening to this podcast at least when it first comes out maybe in the future someone will listen to this and not know who i am but like you're you probably know who i am and have a general idea of like what i do on the internet um right and so i regularly run tabletop role-playing games on the internet as like twitch shows um and so i feel like honestly like savage tide in the way that it um that the, the way that i treated savage tide um definitely influenced the way that i thought about role-playing games all along the uh down the road as things that i wanted to keep and save and record mm, for yeah, for sure. for the future um right so when i started really getting into 3.5 into just dungeons and dragons as an actual game as opposed to just role-playing games as a ephemeral thing yeah. um and like actually played the game instead of making my own up um one of the things i did was i looked up a lot of uh actual play write-ups um right so there's a uh, oh, okay. a, a role-playing game almost. yeah a role-playing huh. game like website forum thing i believe it was rpg.net actually okay um and they have a bunch of forums on there where people just write up 
how, what their how their session went right like and they they give a it's not a transcript so much as a yeah like uh, here's what happened event. sort of a thing yeah, yeah and, and here's the fun things that happened and and how it went down and how i handled certain situations and stuff it was, it was a lot of fun to read because what i did actually is i i was reading a certain person's playthrough of the savage tide um and so i would you know read along with how they did the game and then i'd be like oh wow this is so different from what what we're doing right um, yeah for sure and so I, I, that's why I ended up doing a write-up for our campaign, right? So, okay, um, yeah. I uh, um, and, and you can actually still find these on on the website Obsidian Portal. Um, oh, I'll, I'll put right. a link to it. Wow. Yeah, I'll put a, I'll put a link to it in the liner notes. But I I wrote up up to like episode seventeen or something like that of of Savage Tide. About that, yeah. Complete write-ups <laughs> of everything we did in those games. And one day, one sweet day, when I'm maybe seventy. I want to go back and actually finish that because I still have all the recordings of those sessions. Um, we, we recorded it basically just on my like dad's laptop that I was using to, to run the game. Um, so at the, yeah. the, the audio recording quality is absolutely horrendous. So you wouldn't want to listen to it, but right. I would listen to it and write down what happened. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so <laughs> like a Patreon goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I really want to be able to like, do more stuff like that um actually one of the things that i just posted on my patreon recently because i've been so busy i was i, I posted an apology on there was like hey guys you know i haven't released a whole bunch of stuff but like what, what do you guys want me to, to put on here as like a goodie right um and i believe if you know this poll that i i ran i think one of the things i put on there was um was um like rpg extras um and stuff like that and uh it's making me do a capture thing um yeah and and uh, uh someone voted for that um and so that might be a fun thing to do in the future but yeah, anyway sure. um oh, wouldn't it be fun to give to eventually give uh episode by episode commentary on <laughs> just have everyone okay read read the session and then we'll talk about it <laughs> um oh, yeah, man, that'd be a whole podcast in itself oh, yeah, um for sure. but uh anyway what, what i'm saying there right is that giving those write-ups of the session and having them saved there um was like the beginning of my interaction with role-playing games as a story as a show as a thing to be shared with others rather than yeah. yeah production there you go that's the best word for that um as opposed to just a thing that happens and then we all it's just kind of there in the the ether and you can never really recall what actually happened um but uh, now you know now because i record everything um all, all of the the campaigns we do are live on twitch um it's yeah all of it it's even more of a production in, in that sense too um but uh yeah so I, you know i definitely like just kind of i think there's a thread there that that has yeah. led me to where i am right now in terms of role-playing games sure um yeah i mean anything else to add about your like personal experience with role-playing games oh uh, as a general category other than like we had a really big renaissance of being interested in a bunch of different kinds of games after we yes. stopped doing 3.5 right like that's i think a big step because we started doing things like 
the Mistborn RPG system, and we played Fate, mm-hmm. and we played uh, the Hero System. Yeah, that's right. For a brief time, yeah. So it's yeah. like I think that was a big thing. Was that was me? Me, little... Jared, and Connor played it more than you did. Yeah, yeah I think you played one session with us, but yeah, yeah. Um, and see so, how yeah, we realized there were other games, and now like that's sort of the thing, right? That's sort of the impetus behind this is. There are lots of other games besides D&D, even for 5e, which is a good game. Uh, yep. And, you know, we want to explore them and maybe take a look at building ones that do things that we want them to do that we don't feel like yeah. are already out there. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I mean, that's a good that's a good thing to, to talk about. Right. Like, I think um, this podcast is definitely for people who have never heard of a role playing game. Like, I want this to be an introduction mm-hmm. to people who. I've never don't know what tabletop tabletop role playing games are and want to know more about them. There will be lots of episodes for those people and hopefully any episode will interest them. Um, But this is also definitely a podcast for I think if if this is a podcast for anyone, it's probably going to be a podcast for. um, Q type. Well, it's going to be a podcast for three types of people, right? It's going to be a podcast for people who don't know what role playing games are and want to be introduced to them. It's going to be a podcast for uh, people who are interested in role-playing games all sorts of different role-playing games and they want to continue you know feeding that interest but i think the middle category that we want to get to the to the last category right is people who have only played dungeons and dragons right. and don't know that there's not there's ever anything else yes yeah, synonymous um, with rpg dungeons and dragons like that's how it was for us a long yeah. time you know it was yeah. the same thing but yeah there's, there's a lot of other ones out there yeah and 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 I, I the thing to that you pointed out, David, that I think is really important is that um, games do various things well or poorly. And I think that's the main thing that to take away from from this conversation about uh, wanting to do more role playing games is that Dungeons and Dragons can't do everything, and it shouldn't try. Right. Um, right. If you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, you are you want a particular type of experience. If you try to go too far away from that type of experience, it's going to break down. It's not going to be helpful to use Dungeons and Dragons as a system. You're eventually going to run into things where you're either just going to have to wholeheartedly like revamp the game, which takes a lot of work and in in my opinion probably won't work as well as you think it will uh, because of the the way that role playing games work, right? They are they're built to do a certain thing and the further you go away from that thing, the harder it yeah. is to have fun doing it in the system. Yeah. Um but but right we we want you to be able to see Dungeons and Dragons does you know adventuring finding treasure killing monsters really well if that's what you want that's the game for you but the further away you get from that premise the more that you should look at doing other systems because you'll probably have more fun doing a system that's designed for what you want to do for the story you want to tell it tends to be Um, the you know when you look at the rule book and realize there isn't a rule for you what you want or when you feel like you have to make something up that the game has stopped supporting you and whatever it is you want to be doing in that moment and that there's yeah. probably especially if that happens repeatedly there's probably a game that will support you better mechanically because yeah. you're trying to do a thing that that game doesn't necessarily support and that's sort of why it matters that there are so many different games because sure you could probably use one game to do most things but it won't do them all well and uh, and honestly the role-playing games that try to be that role-playing game that they can do anything they just fall into the same pit it's you can okay you can do any genre in this game but there's only one type of experience that it gives you and and a lot of times that experience is muddled by the fact that they try to do everything and can't 
um, like the hero system, for example, right? Like that, that was the system where we were like, this is it. This is the only system we ever have to play for the rest of our lives because it can do anything. And we've quickly learned that it, it gave a very certain type of, of, of system because of the virtue of the fact that it, it tried to do everything. It had to do it all in one particular fashion. And that was incredibly crunchy, yeah. incredibly minutia related. And you had every detail of your character was a bunch of modifiers, a bunch of whatever, yeah. right? And so it was fun for people who loved min-maxing. Yeah. But almost everyone else had a really difficult time even understanding any of the rules mm -hmm. to get to the point where we could tell a story with it, right? Um, yeah, it was more a board game than anything. For sure, yeah. There, there or are, an exercise in math. <laughs> yeah. There are games that do that sort of thing well, like Fate. Um, but yes, they definitely, Fate. even with Fate, like, you are playing a pulpy game regardless exactly. of what setting you set fate in. So it's like, yep. it's definitely the case that if you try and build a, a system agnostic game, it is still going to have its own flavor and you're not going to get away from that flavor. Um, yep. And yeah, so even then it's why it's, why it's important and, to play different games and, and to find one that works for what you want because yeah. it will make the experience more enjoyable. And oftentimes you don't know what you want to play until you find the game that tells you exactly what it is. And then you're like, oh, well, yeah, one of the things awesome. I... Yeah, one of the things that I, I love to say is every uh, I, I believe that there uh, anyone can enjoy a role playing game and will enjoy role playing oh, yeah. games if they find the right game, because there sure. are so many different types of them. Everyone enjoys games in general, right? Mm -hmm. in, in some capacity, right? A type of game. There has to be at least one type of game that any one person will like. And I, I almost guarantee you that role playing games that a tabletop role playing game can give you that type of experience right mm -hmm. there's there's enough breadth there that you can find something that works for you because people like telling stories too right. even if they don't think they're good at it yeah they do they like and we do it all the time right my uh, telling you about my trip to the grocery store is me telling mm -hmm. you a story and we we do things that make the story more or less interesting and when we're playing a role-playing game we're using mechanics we're using guidelines we're using rules to help us to to you know because any good creativity um is going to be bound to creativity right where you you're given certain strictures that help you focus your creativity instead of just being like you can do anything well what do i want to do i don't know yet but if i'm yeah. given boundaries to say these are the types of things you can do it immediately sparks creativity it immediately sparks um ideas as to how you can tell a particular type of story right. and because there are so many different types of stories that can be told mm -hmm. there needs to be a different bunch of different types of role-playing games and there are to tell those types of stories and i guarantee you one of them will interest you yeah. i mean you might have trouble finding a tabletop rpg that challenges your twitch shooting skills but otherwise i think we pretty much got you covered yeah uh. <laughs> and you can roll your dice really fast yeah I know I, I guarantee you there's there's probably a role playing game out there that is determined by how fast you can roll the dice or how fast you can do something. Yeah. In what response is, what to is that card game where uh, you're going around. Dutch Blitz. Circle. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a game that uses Dutch Blitz, which is like Blitz is like a. As a role playing game mechanic or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. I want to write that game now. <laughs> um, but but I guarantee you there's probably something like that. Yeah. Or if there's not, maybe we'll build it. Right. right? Um and so right, this 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 uh podcast is about um introducing you to role-playing games in some way, shape, or form, whether you are a person who doesn't not does not know what they are, only likes Dungeons and Dragons, 
or maybe, maybe there's some people out there that have only played one type of system that's not type Dungeons and Dragons and and still probably, you know, you want to encourage you to break out of your shell and play something else. Um, but if it's Burning Will, you can probably just stop there. You're good. Um, <laughs> Unless you want to do anything. I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I got you. But um, uh, or, or you're the type of person who just is naturally interested in different role playing games. We'll, we'll, we'll share some with you. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about some and we'll hopefully build some as well um well cool so yeah. do you have anything on the philosophy of role-playing games you want to share uh more i that? mean honestly mostly it's just that like when you mentioned people not being sure if they're good at it and i hear that a lot mm-hmm. especially from yes. my friends because you know i have friends who think that it's not for them and I'm like look if you if you get into yeah. it you'll like it and they're like i'm not good at it and i'm like you have to understand that's not the not the point <laughs> yeah. so there's a big difference between uh it's it's a it's a small difference, but it makes a big impact between like a theater thing where you're mm. acting and performance is the point and a poor performance is actually an issue. And yeah. a tabletop role-playing game where everyone there is there to have fun and create a, like a cooperative story and where your ability to personify your character is one, completely irrelevant. You don't have to be in character at all if you yep. are uncomfortable. And two is a thing that you will very quickly grow into, especially if you're playing with people who do it naturally or yep. have played before. And so it is not a question of whether or not you're good at it because it's not, it's like saying whether or not you're good at eating food you like. It's, it doesn't matter whether or not you're good at it. It's you do it fun. <laughs> you know, it's like you're just <laughs> yeah. there to have fun. It's okay if it takes a minute for you to get familiar with it. Yeah. I mean, the only way that you can be bad at role playing games is by not doing like teamwork or conversation well, like in terms of like a, a being a good person, in terms of being yeah. polite well, and, and well able to work with others, right? That's the yeah. only thing that you can be good or bad at that would right. actually make it's a difference. It's a totally different thing. And, and we actually yeah. mentioned when you're talking about rule sets, like it, it can be hard enough as it is to share the spotlight, as it were which is an important element in role-playing games. Make sure other people are also doing things and that you're not doing, you're not always on, on screen. You're not hogging the time on, right. yeah. And that's the thing that rules help game. you do, right? Because they yeah. do these things like initiative systems, which require you to be, it's your turn right now, right? That kind of thing mm-hmm. um, during combat or whatever. And so games, uh, especially good games, will give you tools to try and help you be a good player in the way that is actually something you can fail at, which like Caleb said is, is, not being thoughtful the other players you know maybe harmful experiences in their past or whatever that kind of thing in content that's coming up in the game that kind of stuff or mm-hmm. just totally overwriting them and not letting them have their spotlight it's a thing i've done before it's easy to do even if you don't mean to do it um those are the kinds of things you can fail at none of them are a performance-based thing or yeah. a creativity-based thing right like if you have a good group that is not going to you know smash your ideas which is another thing you can fail at rpgs if you're if you're not <laughs> constructive of people's creativity that could be very harmful but you yeah. know you don't have to be good at those things you just have to be willing to do them and you'll one improve and two realize that it's just fun to do even if you don't feel like you're good at it um yeah. and honestly that's the biggest thing for me on the philosophy of games is just like you have to understand that it's it's okay if you're not a great performer as long as you're playing with halfway decent people, that won't matter at all. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you're just there to have fun and so are they. And, um, and honestly, right, like who who is good at being a performer when they're eight and they start playing right, role playing games for, for the sure. first time, right? Like if, if you're having fun, that's ultimately what matters. Yeah. Um, and and the, the rules are there to help you have the most fun possible. Um, 
right? Because they're they're helping you to to aim your creativity, aim aim whatever latent creativity you may have, whether it's refined or not. Um, because everybody has a, a level of creativity of course, yeah. to do some something, right? Um, that it will help you aim that in in ways that will make it more enjoyable for you. And so, right, like you you just have to give yourself space to grow. Um, like like any person learning anything. Um, give yourself space to be bad at it first. Um, and if you don't do that, then yes, you will be eternally unsatisfied with role-playing games because you'll think that you're, it's supposed to look like Critical Role or whatever, right? right? Yeah, like, a lot, I know a lot of people who watch, who watch, like, Critical Role or, or another, like, actual play role-playing game show on on Twitch or whatever yeah. else, right? And and they think, and they, I, I'm, I'm like, yes, cool. That's something, if you enjoy watching that, then that can maybe be a jumping off point for you doing it yourself. But a lot of people think that because they, they have watched these things, that if it's not like that, that right. they failed or that if they're not go as good at Matt Mercer as being, at doing character voices, yeah. then I guess that I shouldn't even try to GM a game because what's right. even the point? And, and that's totally not, not the idea. Yeah, that's that such a, yeah. such a powerful viewpoint too, because like that's literally like saying because i'm not lebron james i shouldn't play basketball exactly like, those people yeah. are literally all professionals they make so much money off of critical role yeah unless you're trying to do what they're doing don't worry about doing it as well as they're doing <laughs> yeah like it's yeah and i've heard that too i've heard gms who are like i'm not matt mercer so i'm bad and he's like that's not how it works <laughs> you can't all be professionals right off the bat yeah. you know? and, and what's what's funny is like I, I am in the place right now where i am I, you know at least attempting to do the same sort of right. thing that critical role is doing yeah, right we're, sure. we're regularly producing rpg content for twitch mm -hmm. and like people don't really watch the shows every once in a while someone will pop in and, and i know people watch on youtube actually um a lot of people don't watch live but there there are several people that i know watch um various games on youtube yeah. um but like it it, I, it 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 never really bothers me that i'm not that like people don't go crazy over the content that we create like I, it doesn't really matter to me maybe it, sometimes it does and then as soon as it starts to we have a really great session and we have so much fun and then i realize no one's watching and then i'm like ah, i don't care because that's not the point right the point is that we're, we're doing something we're, we're doing something creative that i enjoy to do and I am uh, me as the productive kind of entrepreneurial person that I am. I want to see if I can make this into something bigger yeah, and better. I want to always try to make it more of a production in in a good way, right? Not, mm -hmm. not like to make it fake, <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. to to make it better for everybody involved. Because mm -hmm. I, I I've I've found that the way that we do the role playing games on Twitch has actually improved all of our oh, games yeah. um, tremendously, just because of the the kind of added ephemeral external pressure of maybe someone could be Something, watching this yeah. right um sure. but but it helps us just to be on point right to be like ready um focused yeah. on the game rather than like on our phones or whatever else right, right? Um, i'm just saying a lot because we still tangent all the time if we didn't we still tangent all the time that, but we would just never do anything <laughs> exactly yeah and that's what savage time was oh, um <laughs> gosh, yeah. um but, but right, like, combat. yeah exactly yeah. but um uh, that doesn't stop me right. from having fun exactly. with it. Um, because at the end of the day, that's why people watch Critical Role is because you can tell that, and I am yeah. using, I don't actually watch Critical Role myself, but I use it as an example because mm -hmm. that's like the most popular example. Right. Um, right. If you're listening to this podcast chant, and you like role-playing games, chances are you know what Critical Role is and have watched it. Um, but uh, it, it, that's what people come to watch is people having fun. Because that's the the thing that you can't fake. 
right? That's the thing that at the end of the day, you need for someone to actually be interested in what you're doing is for you to enjoy it. And I mean that about almost anything, right? Is that if you're not enjoying it, then people will notice that and it won't be fun to watch. Uh, and it won't be fun to play for, for others either, right? To, to be involved in that uh, as a role-playing game thing. So, you know, the, the focus should be on one, be a good person as a, as a person playing right. a role-playing game, right? Like, involved, yeah, yeah and, and honestly, role-playing games help you to do that, right? They sure. help you to be a better uh, communicator, Excellent a better people, yeah. teamwork player, um, those sorts of things. Uh, and, and, and that's why I, I highly recommend them for children, uh, which we'll have, we'll talk about in a later episode. Right. Um, but, but, but also have fun, right? And if you're having fun and everybody's getting along, there you go. Yeah. You've succeeded. You've, you've played, you've successfully been a good role player. <laughs> you did the thing. Good job. You did the thing. Julie, do the thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I watched that show. Yeah, same. So, David, now that we've kind of talked about uh, personal experience, the philosophy of role-playing games, let's just talk about, I guess, like some of our favorite games. Um, mm-hmm. Just to get people, we talked about Fate, we've talked about Dungeons & Dragons, we've talked about those yeah. sorts of things. I think we all, we obviously need to talk about, and I assume this is also your favorite role-playing game? Yeah, I mean, I have a couple. This is my favorite role-playing game that is uh, like rules-intensive, I would call it crunchy. Right? Sure. Like, that expects yeah. you to pay attention to what's going on. Like, D&D is is sort of in the same camp, but I definitely mm-hmm. would call Burning Wheel uh, a game that does that sort of thing better. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I have one up there too. Um, mm-hmm. I do have other favorite games, but they do different things and that's why I like them. I think, yeah. yeah. So go ahead and introduce Burning Wheel. I know it's a little... Uh, yeah, so I mean, just to talk about, uh, which is so funny because you were the one who introduced it to me. Um, <laughs> So it's funny, I don't remember that. <laughs> no, because don't, don't you remember? Um, we we went over to your house and because you had watched Adam Coble's stuff, and so you would, you know, that's uh, right, that's okay. l- l- learn about it from that. Yeah. And you had bought the books, and sense. me and Becca Harper went over to your house and made characters that's in right. the Burning Wheel. <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> do you remember what those characters were? No, unfortunately. <laughs> We were just randomly making stuff and we were looking at the life pads and uh, I do remember Becca Harper made a nobleman and I made a prostitute. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. And it, it like we were never planning on playing no, these characters at all. Not. It was just like we were just messing around with like what kind of characters you can make. Yeah. And the Burning Wheel is a, a game about medieval settings um yeah. right and so one of the things you could do is some you know person in the and the outcast sub uh, like setting is uh do like a prostitute or something like that yeah and so i was just you know messing around the light paths and seeing what kind of character we could make but um that is my first introduction with the Bernie wheel so that's funny that's um yeah. but yeah i mean so my absolute favorite game of all time is the Bernie wheel which is a uh, fantasy medieval role-playing game by um luke crane and others uh and it is wonderful but uh, the, i guess i mean the reason that i like it so much is that it's very very character focused um and when mm-hmm. i talked about earlier savage tide being like the the thing that taught me that what the characters want is the most important thing is burning wheel refined into a, a sharp edge yeah. um because burning wheel helped me see why um characters motivations are the most important thing in a game and it's because you know um 
GMs can make anything they want up about the setting or the world, but if it doesn't come in contact with the players, it's meaningless and it doesn't matter. Um, right. And so the, the thing that matters in a role playing game is what is immediately facing your players right now. Right. What are the characters yeah. interacting with right now? How can it make their story better that something is true about the setting or another yeah. NPC or something like that? Right. So well, yeah. I know you've told me, uh, I think it was while you were taking creative writing courses that mm. you were discovering more and more that an interesting narrative is about watching characters change and finding out who they are. Yes. Yep. And Burning Wheel does that in a way that no other game does. And it does it by having you, uh, the reward structure for that game is you write down what your character wants and you get rewarded for pursuing that because that's what characters do. And just through that mechanic, you then watch what a character wants change and develop through the game. And I think that that's sort of, in my opinion, the best tool that Burning Wheel has for showing you how who a character, watching a character change and having that arc that is good and a good narrative, right? And that's why at the end of every season, we feel like our characters have changed because we've watched their what they want to change as they got it or didn't get it. And yeah. It, yeah, it it just creates the kinds of stories for characters that good, you know, fiction does. Um, yeah. and for me, I think that's why I really like it. Uh, yeah, and that's why I think it does what it does incredibly well. Um, and it's also a kind of game where it has a lot of rules, all that kind of thing. So it gives you a lot of room to do things like min maxing if you're that kind of person, which I am. Uh, so, you know, don't at me, but, and, uh, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a, uh, very much that kind of controversial problem. topic. Maybe we'll talk about that someday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, like you with your six gray sword over there, <laughs> I remade Dellen and I got him up to white eight. Oh so. my God. <laughs> I mean, he's How? not good at anything else, but, uh, <laughs> that was, that was oh, the David. whole point of Dellen. Oh, um, which for anybody not familiar uh, in Burning Wheel, your skills have shades and black is like a normal person's shade. And then gray is like, you know, if you're Hercules, Hercules have gray strength. And then white is like a deity. Um, so it, needless to say, that's an absurd level of ability to stab things. And that's yep. just who I am as a human being. I'm a, a scummy person. So I, uh, it gives room for that kind of thing, but it also, it's a very like, punishing game in a sense mm -hmm. that it's very demanding but it gives yeah. rules enough for everything that it doesn't feel unfair uh, yes. and i feel like that's important in a game that wants to be difficult it has to be fair and has to do a lot of intricate rules to be fair in those kinds of circumstances mm -hmm. so yeah i think for me that's really the strength of burning wheel is those two sort of things um yeah. and that's why on the other end of the spectrum fate is my other favorite game because it does mm -hmm. exactly the opposite. It's very yep. rules light, but it does a very good job of capturing like a. And I assume you're you're character. specifically meaning Fate Accelerated, probably. Probably, yeah. Um, because the guy likes Fate, Fate Core, Core. But, so for me, yeah, like Fate too. Core had things I didn't really care to have, like the things that were on top of Fate Accelerated just didn't weren't interesting to me. But Fate Accelerated is a little too simple for me, and that's why I'm making my own version of it, where I basically just right. I'm like, I'm gonna make it complex again, but in a way that I enjoy. It. Or not complex sure. but more complex so anyways yes fate accelerated um is 
is my favorite game on the other side of the spectrum where it's very simple. It's very much about you having a lot of freedom to sort of just build whatever character you want. Um, and but but it doesn't in a particular pulpy faction yeah. uh, fashion right. that is it's it's its own style so it's not like you can do anything and and you know right. in, it, we've already talked about this but like you know it, it's it's there to be fun fast quick right. and because it's and, not yeah. like burning whale and it's not punishing it doesn't need to have all those really nitty-gritty rules because it's not it's not demanding the same level of of strategy and that kind of thing from you yep. so it has room to just be sort of more fun and wacky and you know i feel like you probably could do more serious stuff in those in that system it just mm-hmm. again it wouldn't support you as well as other games would at that there will be games who are better at doing those sorts of things like sure you could probably do arkham horror and fate it just wouldn't help you any because mm-hmm. your characters are hard to kill and they know that <laughs> so it's you know yep. that kind of stuff right um yeah so that's sort of besides the burning wheel which again is my favorite uh there's also on the crunchy side accelerated of on the other on the other side yeah and i don't know if you have another i, I was just thinking about that i know like, apocalypse world is really up there and yeah powered so, by the apocalypse games powered by the apocalypse that's the thing right it's powered by the apocalypse right. the engine itself yeah i love the engine of power by the apocalypse yeah. because it is it's the perfect mix of I agree, yeah. it can be anything but also it's the most specific thing possible, right? Because mm-hmm. the system itself is so dynamically uh, able to can't handle anything. Yeah. But the way that each game that's powered by the apocalypse. So, so just to give a little bit, bit of a brief explanation of this, right? So uh, apocalypse world is a game made by um, uh, defensive Baker and uh, the, and I believe his wife, but uh, they, it's a you know a game about weird apocalyptic stuff, right? So the the, yeah. the world has been destroyed, and now there's the apocalypse sort of thing, uh, post apocalyptic. But they the engine that they build it on, right? The two d six dicey roll, the the particular way that those the rolls work, um, the way that the the game encourages fictional positioning, all that stuff, right? Is um, very easily easily transferred to a different setting. Um, and so they they made a bunch of very specific rules for Apocalypse World itself to give give you the the continued feel of this is an apocalypse this is a weird kind of apocalypse, um, but then other people have taken that same base system and then built and then drilled down into other settings and made other things with that base system. Right. So Power by the Apocalypse is my favorite engine. Um, <laughs> engine besides yeah. Burning Wheel is my favorite engine. I'm trying to decide what my like favorite Power by the Apocalypse game is, yeah, and I, I feel know. it's probably Legacy like that's fair just because i mean maybe because we're playing it right now right uh, and i always love the games we're playing but legacy life among the ruins but also because it is so mainly because i think um we've been talking about um uh doing like long form role playing and large scale role playing yeah, i mean right? we all, all have world builders disease so it's a good game for exactly <laughs> right it, it's the perfect game for world builders disease it's the perfect game if you want to just make cool things up yeah. um and you it's also something else <laughs> exactly and it's really interesting because it it does long t- time passage really yeah. interestingly and it does large scale 
uh, role playing of factions and stuff very interestingly. Yeah. And that's something that David and I have been talking about and yeah. building games off of for a long time now. Yeah. And so to see that actually implemented in in a really interesting fashion was so cool to me. And yeah. our game at the Hellbreaker sequence is, has been really fun to do. Mm. It also does it without sacrificing too much on the character level. Like the characters yes. are still very important and prominent. Yep even though you're dealing with factions over a long period of time. Um, so I think that's another strength of it, right? Because that's one of the things you can really lose when you try to zoom out and use a lose character, yeah. but it doesn't do that. Yep. So yeah, I, I think it's probably one of the better like adaptations. I also really like what, um, and I'm forgetting his name, but uh, the author of uh, Blades in the Dark sort of uh, twisted into John Harper, John Harper, yeah, uh, yep. into his own version. It's it's very different, but it's it's an adaptation and it's incredibly good. I also really like some of the things that, um, and not others, but that uh, it the sci-fi game that we only have like played a couple sessions of. Stars without number? No, no. no. Oh, um, Uncharted Worlds. Yes, that one. I also like some of the systems of that a lot, like the way that they built. You like right, the playbook instead of picking one, that kind of yep. stuff. But needless to say, yeah, those honestly, I think those three things are pretty much what we play now. Um, yeah, because we've sort of played so many things that we sort of distill it down to the things we enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, though I, I'm really interested in continuing to just play a lot of yeah, different, for sure, different yeah, things, especially um, this podcast is a concept, like, yes, it's definitely, a yeah. Thing. Um, but uh, yeah, as of right now, I'm playing a game of Burning Wheel, I'm playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. And I'm playing <laughs> Legacy Life Among the Ruins. Yep. And D&D is another thing, like, even though it's not, I don't think either of our favorite games, it is still a very fun game. And it's definitely yeah. my favorite thing to just play casually because it's, yeah. that's the thing, right? It's, it's probably even less demanding than fate is as far as like, it just tells you what you have more or less. And you get a couple options mm-hmm. and then you just kind of mess about and it's fun. Um, and so 5e definitely has like a place in my art. I think it's a very fun, it's definitely the best version of D&D. Yes. Oh, it's certainly the best version of D&D probably ever made. Yeah. Um, it it handles a balance of making the story about the characters yeah. and uh, still being done as a dragons in terms of like yeah. you're hunting, you're, you're fighting monsters, getting treasure. Um, it does a good job with all that stuff. And it makes yeah. the characters very larger than life and unique in some fun ways. It's so much fun to watch players. Yeah do cool things with classes and races and just be able to make such unique ideas and be excited about those ideas um in in Dungeons the dragons mm-hmm. um it, it's very good for beginning players in that sense yeah, i i don't think it's necessarily the best role-playing yeah. game for new people to start with necessarily I honestly think probably Fiasco is one of the best games to start with, uh, depending on the person, I guess. If if this is the kind of person who's not super into the like role-playing side of mm-hmm. it and more interested in the game side of it, maybe don't start with Fiasco. Yes. But for anyone who just likes telling stories as like a jumping off point and then to get them into the deeper rules sorts of thing, yeah. um, Fiasco is a great game. And that's basically sure. just, it's like improv acting with yeah. some ba- base guidelines. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Fate is a strong starting point as well. Um, yeah, for Fate Accelerated reasons. especially yeah, would be a, a really good starting point. So I agree that I don't think D&D is the best starting point, but because it's so well known. Because, because it's so well known, it's, it's often a good introduction. Yeah, and it doesn't really demand a lot from you. I think it still yeah. works, um, you know, yeah. which is why I think it's gotten so popular, right? Because it's it's an easy thing to digest and it's 
thematically similar enough to things that people are familiar with, like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that exactly. there's not yeah. a lot of adjusted buy-in really. But, but yeah, I think honestly that covers most of our like top yeah. list. <laughs> yep. Yep. So let's let's talk briefly about what, like what games we're thinking of working on. So we yeah. talked about how we are also you know game designers by night um and i say that having not worked on a game for months upon months um myself uh, mainly just because my life is so crazy right now um but uh, we are and have been very interested in designing our own role-playing games and so that's part of what we'll be doing on this podcast we'll probably have episodes where we kind of discuss various portions of games we're working on games we want to work on those sorts of things um and so i'm gonna i'm gonna scroll up here so i guess you want to start with bonds david yeah, yeah, sure. Um, sorry, I had to kill, clear my throat there. Um, yeah, the one I've worked on probably the most, and actually I've had a couple of tests for in the last month um, with some some people I know online, um, is Bonds. And that is basically me trying to meld what I like about Fate Accelerated, what I like about Powered by the Apocalypse games, and what I like about Burning Wheel. I mean, the very, very core of what I like about Burning Wheel, because it would be very hard to fit that in anything else, into my own version of, like, my own version of Fate Accelerated and Fate Fate Accelerated and Fate Core are both open um, license or whatever, so they don't mind if you Mm. use their stuff, which I do pretty pretty blatantly. Um, You very do. Very much do. Yeah. So, uh, I I mean, I've adjusted a little bit of the core mechanics, but it's very recognizably Fate. And, yeah, that's mostly just, like, I wanted fate to have a little bit more fate accelerated to have a little bit more of the long-term character advancement long-term yeah it it, it peters out very quickly i think uh, as far as like in terms of like the the character direction of getting better at things right yeah um it's it does perfectly fine and you can do this probably pretty much indefinitely for character growth in terms of just character development because yeah narratively Um, but yeah, like, especially for you, David, I, uh, that makes sense that yeah. you're like, I want to be better at things. I always want to have a thing on my character sheet that I'm pursuing because again, that's just sort of the person I am. And, uh, yep. so I, I wanted to, and fake core, I think does a decent job of that, but I don't really like the stuff that I'm just not, I don't like the systems that they have for improvement in that game as a personal note. And yep. so I was like, I want to take fake accelerated and whatever they love about that game. And build it up to sort of the same level of complexity fake core has but in my own way in and a different fashion yeah exactly and also i wanted to try and add as, as cohesively as i could the sort of goal system from burning wheel that i feel like is the core of why it does character work so well yeah um yep. and so most of my work has been trying to meld those in a cohesive way and not make it feel like three different games uh most of the stuff i took from apocalypse was like gm tools that kind of stuff um yeah just because i love the way that they interact or that they the tools that they give you to run the world um mm-hmm. and so most of that's gm facing anyways but um so i'm basically just trying to make a cohesive whole out of that um and i'm at sort of the phase now where i mostly just need to play games of it and make sure that the math works and that the ideas yeah. play out the way that i want them to and so um, I've had a couple of games of that recently that have helped me sort of take a look, another look at it. Um, and then I've had a lot of other ideas and we've worked on a lot of stuff together. Like, uh, you know, we, we wanted to do our own world world scale, like world building game. World building thing. And we, we have a pretty good solid play test of that built now. Yeah. Uh, we do need to play that at some point and, yeah. and, and test that out. It's called Astoria. That's actually what 
I think that was the first thing that we ever really were going to work on together was, so. and it's, it's had a bajillion iteration since then. Yeah. I think at one point it was a D a hundred system. Was, yeah. Um, and we built, we, we built the character level first uh, as a D a hundred yeah. system, right. which was interesting. Yeah. It was a little cumbersome though. A little cumbersome. cumbersome. Yeah. You unnecessarily so cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah. So um, decided to rework it. And so we, I mean, we ended up doing Astoria, uh, just the world building part of it. Uh, Astoria right. is the Greek word for history, by the way. Yeah. Um, and do it in such a way. So the, I guess the inspiration for that was a game called Dawn of Worlds, yeah. which is a, a really like simple rules, like kind of like world building exercise game. It's almost a board um, game. The, almost, yeah, yeah, almost a board game, but like in, in such a way that it's, it's really more than anything, just world building with a couple of rules. It's not right. super yeah, complicated I mean, in any true. way. Yeah. Um, but Astoria was more like um, focused specifically on the actual mechanics of what's happening in the world building of this thing, right. um, the stuff like that. The generating of uh, the world's history. Basically. The generating of a world um, and what the actual like mechanical things it's doing to the world are yeah. consistent because um, we used basically fate aspects as like the right. world building That's things, right, yeah. um, which honestly works really well. Oh, yeah. um, and then we, we, we split up the world into regions and then each region has its own aspects. And yeah. that was a very easy way to do it. Right. Um, but we still haven't. And, and I think we originally were like, well, we can do any any game based off of this. Right. You could mm-hmm. zoom in and, and then do do stuff based off yeah. of that. But I think at one point we did want to make like a character version of that yeah. um, uh, with the same to, sort of general rules. Just, so it could be interchangeable. Yeah. Right. To sort of do like a legacy style thing. Right. Where you're zooming in yes. on important situations and there is. I mean, in Legacy, it's just player moves as opposed to map moves, but it would be kind of our version of that, right? Where it would be the player version of the mechanics. Because yeah. um, you're not rolling to seduce on a global level ever. So, you know, it's like <laughs> Fair. you don't need a dice for that, but, it, you know, maybe you do if you're on a, a player or a character level. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's done one we'll definitely work on because I know we've, we've worked on it together a lot already. Um, fun one to go back to and then for me there's the main game that i'm working on or have worked on in the past and maybe we'll get back to um i do need to i need to do a couple more edits on it and then i think mm-hmm. it's pretty much good for like a, a solid draft okay um and that's show tunes um right, which right, is yeah. because i've talked about powered by the apocalypse so much yeah. it's my version of a powered by the apocalypse game about playing characters that are in musicals Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still so proud of it. Um, I'm really great, happy yeah. with the way that it turned out. Uh, David, you never played it though, right? No, I never got to play it. I did a lot of work we, with you. We like, should do a one shot sometime. Yeah. And I also and, can't and play that. sing, which I think was sort of my... You don't have to. I know you don't have to. And that's an important part of the rules. It's yes. just that I feel like I would want to, but I can't <laughs> do it well. <laughs> but it's that, all right. It's okay, man. I mean, yeah, we definitely do need to play it sometime. Um, yeah. You know, and we um, could even do a short session of this maybe i don't, I don't really know how well it would work with one person Probably i don't think it would work very, very well, well at all <laughs> yeah show, show tunes is a game that i don't think would work well with one person like yeah. a lot of the the interactions are are Between. like the character roles interacting yeah. in interesting ways right um but yeah point. so basically it's yeah it's my it's my role-playing game about characters that are singing and dancing and maybe we don't know why they're singing and dancing um part of the game is like there's there's a common common thing in musicals um where people say like um you know don't ever ask why they're singing and dancing um but i've always really liked the trope of let's ask why they're singing and dancing so that's part of the game itself is if if you come up with a reason that's not just like it could just be we're in a musical and this is literally just a musical being played on a stage 
Um, but it could also be some other thing, like um, the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where there was a demon that came to town that made everyone sing and dance. Right. And people, the whole episode was about asking the question, "Why are we all singing yeah. and dancing? We don't understand." Wasn't there Those some things like, are all fun to play with? Teen like rom com or something like that, where the cast gets put into a. You probably haven't seen it. I only know about it because Ruth watched it. She thinks yeah. it's funny, but it's yeah. Some teens get put into a musical. And they're like. Why can't I stop singing these lines? Uh This is the worst. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, so it's a game that plays with the tropes of musicals Mm -hmm. and uh, the character roles that are usually in a musical and uh, in some interesting ways. And And, yeah, I think the application of the idea of sort of the laws of a theater performance being applied to a world and like the way that you play a game is really fun. Like having, you know, almost like a uh initiative to do things be sort of based on like your part in the song and that kind of thing and like yes um yes. you really just steal the spotlight and like play the role of a, a character and uh i just i think it, it those rules uh or like stereotypes of a theater performance yeah. interact with the role-playing game in a way that's really interesting and because again i yeah. haven't played it it sounds like a lot of fun and i like it just is does a thing to the interactions of characters and players that other games don't do. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that one pans out and do yeah. more work on it. Cause most of my uh, work on it's just been like rules for the different playbooks and stuff that I was yeah, helping to me kind through. of bounce off ideas yeah, from the different so playbooks. Yeah. I haven't really got to see it in action yet, but it, I, mm-hmm. I really like the, uh, the idea of it. Yeah. I I've done three play tests of it. Two of them were streamed. Um, and I definitely learned more about it every single time. The, the, yeah. and, Every single time, well, two of the sessions, someone played the the comic relief character, yeah, yeah. and every single time they do, I realize that I overpowered him. Um, <laughs> even after I fixed him the first time, it was still overpowered because, like, I had like a move for them be like, whenever you tell a joke, you get to like do this thing. Oh, that's right. And 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 so I had like Seth Leha, my friend Seth Leha, uh, who plays uh, my Dungeons and Dragons campaign with me. He's right, he's yeah. the kind of person who always makes jokes. It's and so yeah. we would just like he'd be like, oh, I made another joke. I get to raise this role again. Right. And he would just build up so much like I think it was like a hold or something that he could get from that move or, or something like that. Or it, maybe it was just XP. He, he just kept getting oh, XP man. from the move because he would constantly make well, jokes. And eventually I realized, yeah, I need to like say this is only like once per scene or something yeah, like that. What you could do is just have a ceiling where once it fills a certain amount, a comical gaffe happens that's bad for you. <laughs> and then you can yeah. re- restart the bar again yeah. just because yeah. that's how it works right that's if always happens to the comic relief that's the point obviously of yes but anyways we're getting into actually working on the game now, actually so working on that. it but, uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah. besides that we have a couple of other just kind of like general ideas yeah, that we've ideas. been talking yeah. about um including um uh, i i really want to see a way to um uh adapt all of brandon sanderson's cosmere yeah. epic fantasy stuff it to is. the burning wheel system yeah um, yeah we have a few ideas for burning wheel adaptions all of which adaptations all of which will take a year and a half to do probably if we Absolutely. work on it regularly just because the yeah. way that burning wheel works is i mean they've it's got like 420 skills every character is built of multiple life paths all of which have many components all of which you would have to work on exactly make, make sense then there's the magic that we'd have to make subsystems <sighs> for the system probably for every because they're all very different so it's yeah it's Mm -hmm. it would be a lot of work but it would be really cool same thing with pardon me same thing with doing like a sci-fi adaptation and we thought about that that would also take a similar amount of absurd work so yeah it's but that is sort of the pipe dream 
converting burning wheel to other things. Yep. Yeah. Because the burning wheel system is also very, um, in the same way that Powered by the Apocalypse is, it's it's very good as a general system and could yeah. apply to any other thing, but you have to do major setting work to make yeah. it fit somewhat something else. It's got similar bones to where it could very easily work for anything. It just takes a lot more work to convert those bones than something like Apocalypse World. Yeah, like the, bo- so the bones them, are the same. I mean, the bones are the, the same. It would just be you'd have to completely re- restructure right. the muscles and the, and exactly. the organs and the skin. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, but it would be really cool. Um, and so we'll hopefully get some progress on one of those. Um, Mm-hmm. I know we had an idea for like an idea I had was doing a game probably in Powered by the Apocalypse for people surviving a siege in a oh, yeah. medieval castle. Um, yep. I know there was also one like where characters all play prominent uh, figures during a war that can either be cooperative or, or antagonistic just because yep. I don't know. I always PVP. We'll have a conversation about that sometimes. But <laughs> I like, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just a scummy person, I guess. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't That's know. I, yeah. I just like to, uh, I like to uh, make things interesting, I guess. So yeah, I, and that was yeah. an idea I had. Um, I'm sure you've got a bunch of others. So we've got. Yeah. The only other thing, the other thing I wanted to mention was just um, right now. And th- this is a little bit of a longer tangent but just in terms of like so uh right now i'm working on the chrome inquisitors podcast which is so right. th- it's the first uh game we ever streamed live to twitch uh, it's the burning wheel um and i am currently going back th- through our live performance of it right our live production of it and editing editing it down because we were just very early in starting how yeah. to like figuring out how to do that right. um lots of hiccups and and loud noises Mechanical and whatever. Lungs and yeah. Uh, yeah lots of stuff like that um and so I'm, I'm editing it down to like a like trimmed down podcast format and releasing it as an audio thing. Uh, hopefully January 1st is like my deadline for having the first season finished of Chrome Quizzers. Oh, awesome. Um, I'm currently almost finished editing episode four in terms of a rough edit. I still have to like fill out the other stuff for episodes two and three um, right now, but uh, working on that pretty regularly. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because um, what I'm and uh, eventually going to be doing as like kind of like my magnum opus in terms of role playing game stuff is uh, taking all of these, not all of them, but, you know, a large portion of the role playing game stuff we do on Twitch and making them into these podcasts uh, in such a way that I add like music and lore and other like fun behind the scenes stuff for the episodes, uh, like original fiction, stuff like that to make it like a, a cool, like cohesive storytelling kind of experience. Um, and I'm planning on doing this for all of our like kind of epic fantasy sort of stuff, right? Um, Brendan Sanderson, if you know anything about him, has like an interconnected epic fantasy universe uh, with various novels. I want to do the same sort of thing with different role playing game campaigns and have yeah. them be part of the same setting. Uh, right now, the Hellbreaker sequence, which is the game we're doing right now um, uh, regularly, is the kind of like the origin story of that setting and that universe. Um, so it's been fun to, to play with that. But uh, the idea, right, is to eventually do this with a bunch of different uh, games and and have them fill in pieces of this of this world. And one of the reasons, uh, one of the things that we'll be doing with that is kind of adapting various games, uh, such as various part of the apocalypse games, Forge in the Dark games, various stuff like that, to this uh, combined setting that we're going to start building together. Um, and so we we might talk about that as well uh, at very point various points where we we do something uh, in 
a particular setting and we were like, okay, we want to use Blades in the Dark, but we want to like adapt it for something yeah. slightly different, a different kind of setting. We can talk about one. that on this podcast as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that was another one. I, I forgot we were playing into uh, right. adapting uh, Blades in the Dark to a... Well, we wanted to do Mistborn, but then we figured we were going to do Mistborn and Burning Wheel somehow. In Burning Wheel, yeah. And then the other one was um, The Last of Us, uh, doing a uh, adaptation of The Last of Us in that. Uh, and I'd forgotten kind of, that. The kind of gritty, apocalyptic yeah, yeah. style of thing. It'll yeah. do that really well. But yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. And I was just going to say, and the other thing like about Blades in the Dark is it's usually around like teams of people, and that would be fun to have like a, a post-apocalyptic team of yeah. people, like they're surviving, and they're, they're like a group that has to survive together sort of a thing. So that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, I think that's most of the projects we have sort of lined yep. up, and that will take us till we die probably, so it's plenty yep. of there you go. plenty of work. <laughs> but yeah. But uh, yeah, so we have lots of lots of ideas for episodes, and we'll, we'll continue to... Um, uh, kind of plan and, and and hopefully do those uh this is obviously being recorded in advance um and i'll try to release it soon ish but i think we might wait to kind of build up a little bit of a backlog of episodes right. before i start releasing Especially them uh, we'll see yeah exactly yeah um and so but i but i imagine i'll probably release these on saturdays um right. normally um Makes sense. Uh, when i do release them on and i'll, I'll put it on twitch as a, like an upload but i'll also put it on obviously youtube is going to be where it is mm-hmm. and um on like various podcatchers um and stuff you'll it'll yeah. be an actual podcast as like an audio version as well uh but yeah feel free to uh add us on twitter um uh i mean david's not usually on twitter but i am so if you want to like ask ask yeah ask us questions right to talk about on the podcast different categories of things questions you just have about role-playing games uh feel free to do so at caleb powers on twitter and uh yeah idle inspiration is the name of the podcast i'm gonna have social media and stuff for that set up hopefully soon awesome and all that jazz yeah so i'm caleb and i'm david and uh we hope you're inspired to play some role-playing games. (laughs)